Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, July 6th, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time and is brought to you by viewers like you on Patreon.com slash hockey. And we are here today to give you all the comings and goings in the hockey world because we don't take vacation. You know, all these, all these other hockey reporters, I'm reading their tweets, they're heading up to their cabins. Um, Nothing will get me out of my cabin. That's what I keep hearing. That's Nothing right. <laughs> I know. It's sad, isn't it? I mean, honestly, I think it's a little early to take vacation if you're a hockey writer. Um, you know, I mean, I, know. I wouldn't want to go someplace where there's not Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. I mean, we aren't teachers. You know, it's not like we get the whole summer off. I mean, it's not like we have that hard of a life. I mean, to me, it's not, I don't know, that's kind of a strange thing, but that's all right. Um, but yeah, so we're, but we don't do that. We're still here talking rumors. And uh, talking all sorts of things. And, and the player I wanted to get into today, um, a little Russian guy who you might remember from, from the, um, the World Championships, actually, he was sort of made his, made his name. And that would be uh, Vladin Shipayev. Shipakov. Shipachev. Shipakov. Thank you. Why can't I say Russian names? <laughs> Vadim Shipakov. I apologize. I was looking at my notes. I started that before, too early. I knew I did it. Um, Vadim Shipakov, who um, is, you know, available. It's a free agent, and uh, and lots of people have talked, and the Rangers have been among those teams, Russ, that we've heard. They're in on everybody, Eck. They're not, they're not yeah. getting this guy. They don't, they're not getting him, okay? Let's just, we'll yeah. stop that right here. They're, he's not going to the Rangers. He's yeah, it's, it seems like a long shot. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the, the most recent speculation, and it goes along with, who signed in Montreal is that because Shipachev was interested in going to Montreal, and then there was this thing with his contract in KHL about whether he had to buy himself out or if, you know if it was a year yeah. or stay or had to go or whatever. But now that Radulov has signed in Montreal, there's a pot. I've heard there's a possibility of him going to the Canadians. But the other one, Russ, I don't know if you heard this one was Florida. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, Florida, you know, I mean, the new place of just they spend money like it's going out of style in Florida right now. Um, that would be really surprising if he went to Florida. If he goes to Florida, there's going to some there, other players are going to become available. There's just no way around it. You would think yeah. so. Well, I mean, and we talked about this yesterday, is the fact that you've got a guy like Nick Bukestad. I mean, after Trocek has been signed to a long-term contract, they've, re, they've extended Ekblad. Um, and they signed the mayors. You know, they've spent a lot of money. Um, I believe Huberto is on a yeah. Huberto's on a. He's got one more year before he becomes an RFA, so he has to be extended. And you also, I mean, you also have uh, Bukestad, who's on under contract for four more years or five more years at four point one million. But they're spending money in other areas. A guy like Bukestad is somebody they may move out simply because they have so many guys that they're spending money on. Mm -hmm. If they move out Bukestad after moving out Gabronson, you know, and, and really we are just seeing a total shift in Florida. I mean, there's a lot of of their of that you know young core they brought in to be the next core for the Florida Panthers, the core that did really well, improved every year, um, and got them to the playoffs this year. Now we're going to see a complete shift away from them. You really have to wonder who's in charge there in Florida again. I mean, it just, it really confuses. It's very confusing to me. Well, I mean, the dynamic, at least I think it shows that, you know, Dale Talon is not in control anymore. I mean, I think that's a, you know, that's pretty obvious because... It, I mean, you know, they don't say that, though. 
Yeah, but but the actions, Zach. I mean, you know, I know, I know. the actions are his players, and you know, the, you know, Hubert, Hubert already drafted very early in the first round. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's now the thing is they had do have some wiggle room because they have Dave Boland under contract for three more years, and from what I've heard, just through you know following other other people, is that Dave Boland may never play again. He, he had he had that uh, Achilles injury in Toronto, yeah, and then signed that big deal with with, uh, with Florida. And he played less than forty games in the first year, so if something is wrong. I mean, yeah. it's probably a debilitating injury, and if that's the case, then they can put him on long term injury, and they have a lot of space. Right, and that seems to be what's going to happen. Um, they've just made they have made so many drastic changes. I mean. The other teams interested in this, you know, fine young Russian, like we talked about Montreal. That's a that's a. He's not young. I think isn't he? Isn't he twenty nine? Yeah, I guess young is the wrong way to put it, but new to the NHL. He's young to us. <laughs> I mean, he's a good. He's a big kid. He's a he's a good player. Um, you know, and he seems to be NHL ready. You know, he looked every bit as good as Radulov in the last tournament. Yeah, I mean, if he comes into the NHL, he's going to walk in right away. I mean, it's, yeah, he's like he's a top six forward, which is, you know, I, I think we think he's a top six forward. I mean, we you never know. We never know with Russians exactly how they're going to play out. But he, you know, he 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 projects to be a top six forward. The other team is Detroit, who still has money to spend based right. on all the stuff they've done. Um, and Detroit, you know, it's it's interesting to see. I look at these teams last year; they were all battling for the final playoff spots. You know, Boston. And Detroit, remember, neck and neck through that whole thing. The Islanders were in there, too. Uh, the Rangers were in there. Really, they were. I mean, the Rangers were only a couple points ahead of the, the whole thing, and the Flyers were in there. And uh, all those teams were tight, and you look at those teams as which ones have gone the right direction. Detroit has gotten the better. I, got, I think has gotten best. has gotten better more so than any other team that was in that little battle. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't uh, know. It's hard to argue. I mean, don't you think they have a, picked up a lot of they picked up a lot of forwards. They picked up some scoring. They picked up some scoring. They did. They picked I mean, they've, up done, they've improved themselves more than the Flyers, Rangers, Islanders, or Bruins, I think. I mean, I think they have. Yeah, on the surface they have. I mean, the only edge that the Flyers or the Rangers could have is whatever young talent they might be able right. to insert into their lineup this year because – I don't think there's really anybody new that Detroit could insert. Now, Mantha could certainly give them more. Yeah. But the Rangers have Buchnevich, who it's really an unknown, but he could, you know, he could end up being like a big second-line talent. We just, you know, we have to wait and see how he trends into, how he works into North American hockey. And then the Islanders could add, you know, Barzell or Del Cole or both. I mean, we, we have to sort of see how they come out of camp. So I can't say yet, but on the surface, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, there were like five teams there who basically had the same record. And the Bruins have definitely been the ones who have, who have seemed to have not done the most. I mean, they, the Bruins have tried to do things, but they haven't done, they haven't done much yet. They signed Bacchus, and I don't think it was a... Well, Bacchus is a great signing, of course. But it's, I think... But it's it, a they, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, and, and, you know, Ladd was signed by the Islanders, you could argue, too. Those, those guys. Um, but both of those players are... Two of the more suspect signings, in my opinion, of the of UFA day. Yeah, um, but, but let me ask, what makes them? I mean, I, I agree to you know, Bacchus yeah. is the type of player that the signing is suspect because he's had a lot of wear and tear, and he's 30, yeah. 32 years old. Um, same thing with Lad. 
but what makes Franz Nielsen not suspect? He's around the same age. He's paid in the neighborhood, same neighborhood of money. It's a lengthy deal. And I think we're projecting up still, though. I feel like I feel like Franz Nielsen is still at least projecting more up than Bacchus or Ladd are. Yeah, I feel there's that, and I feel there's less expectations for Franz Nielsen compared to the other two. Like, again, right. going back to the Hitchcock interview from now it's two days ago, um, he talked about Bacchus, and he said they had long discussions as to why they wanted to keep him, and, of course, his leadership and in the room and everything else are reasons why, but then the reasons that they were thinking about not keeping him were obviously speed and, and other things like that. And so, yeah, you know, and that's where Franz Nielsen is still fast. And so for as long as he's fast, we're going to still give him the edge that way. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that I think you have to at this point. I mean, to me, the most suspect of all the signings is Andrew Ladd. Um, and just because I feel as if Andrew Ladd was starting to trend backwards in Winnipeg, and I feel as if that when he got to Chicago, he actually was given top six minutes and didn't do a whole lot in Chicago, um, playing on a top six line. I mean, you know, in, in a top six role in Chicago, that you should score. You should definitely put up yeah. pretty good numbers. I mean, you're talking about playing with talents and talented people when you're playing top six minutes in Chicago. And he really didn't do that much, and yet he got a giant contract on the island. I just felt as if, you know, I just, I just, I can't see how I would have traded Ocposo for Ladd straight up, like if yeah, I could have made a trade. I, I, I'm pretty vocal that I wouldn't have. Yeah, and it really, that's what they did. I mean, they, they, they took, I mean, they could have gotten Ocposo for what they gave Ladd. Yeah, but I think what they want, and I, I agree that, I mean, Oposo is 27, Ladd is 30, Ladd has got some wear on his tires, but I think the aspect that the Islanders were looking at was the championship pedigree. You know, the win in Chicago, the win in Carolina, he's won two Stanley Cups, um, he's been a leader with the, uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. So, you know, they see that, and I think that's what they were looking for yeah. from somebody who would play with Tavares now and then maybe move to a second line later. But I don't know. It's just uh, the thing that's concerning about him and for a couple other forwards out there, like Louis Erickson and Bacchus, is, like, how much is left in the tank. And, you know, is it year three or year four before those contracts become albatrosses? Right. And, you know, this, this all kind of transfers into my other thing I wanted to discuss today, um, which is the, the latest Cam Fowler ruler, which is the David Krejci for Cam Fowler rumor. rumor. Um, and, you know, on the one... I don't see why Anaheim would do it. I'll, I'll yeah. go out on a limb and just say yeah. that. Yeah, I don't get that. That's, and, 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 well, what I was told um, is, you know, I mean, it depends what you think Krejci has left, because Krejci's been injured a lot, but he when Krejci's healthy, he's still a great player. and. Sure. And he hasn't, you know, he's, he's still one of the top players, you know, in my opinion. And he's, he's incredibly fast. He's got great speed. And a lot of that comes into, I think, into the fact that, you know, this is this is the copycat league. This is the concept of, you know, getting yourself, like, a, I'm not, I'm not going to say, because Benina is not fast, but just say, I'm saying, like, you know, you have to have three lines, the concept of three lines. Anaheim has two lines. And yet, and this is, the, this, is the, this is the buzzword, right, of this free agency. Everybody needs three lines. Everybody's always... It's funny because that's suddenly a buzzword. Yeah, I can't remember. A couple years ago, everybody needed four lines, and now it's really, in a way, <laughs> we've gone backwards, even though everyone's like suddenly, but you need three really good lines, where before you needed two really good lines and two pretty good lines. Now well, you just need three really good lines, and your fourth line, yeah, who cares? That's sort of what... No, well, not, not who cares, but your fourth line has got to be energetic, it's got to be effective, but it's also got to be cheap because you're paying three lines... Yeah. And it's got to have penalty killers on it. That's the other thing that's like the big fourth line trend. It's like, okay, we're going to put penalty killers on the fourth line, and they're going to be specialists, like they kill penalties. 
Right. Uh, but the thing, but if you if you look at Anaheim right now, look how they're set up, and then and you look, I mean, Crunchy's over a seven million dollar contract for another four, four or five years, and you've already got them with Getzloff, with Perry, with Kessler. Yeah. So, no, they've got big money out there. I agree, and it, it's hard to imagine like that. This is a tough one. Um, yes. All I can think of is that there's there's you know. The, the, the money that they're going to give Cam Fowler, they just feel is going to be crazy, I guess. I... Well, here's the thing. All right, so we look. I'm looking at Krejci since 2012-2013 when he turned 26. 47 games, then 80 games, then 47 games, then 72 games. Yeah. Like, I mean, they can't afford to get Krejci and then have him be at 50 games. Right, that, right. Yeah. That, that first 47 games was the was the lockout certain year. So. Oh, true. Okay. And but, then – but he's been trending with with he's missing games. Yeah. Missing he definitely, he definitely, and he's and he's been playing right. hard too. Like it's not just in some of the games he's been quite. I mean, you know, talking to Bob and Boston, they'll tell you Krejci hasn't been 100 percent very often. Um, that he's you know kind of got the Peter Forsberg thing you know going on yeah. where he's playing, but he's not necessarily himself. But but the thing the thing is, I mean, with with Anaheim, if you if you add a Krejci. I mean, first of all, you've got Fowler under control for two more years, right? At Four million bucks, so you have time. To me, it's like okay, maybe you want to trade for another center like Krejci, but you trade one that is more fiscally sound than than spend, spending over seven million dollars on another guy on top of Getzloff and on top of Kessler. I could see that, um, yeah, and it also. Thing is, I mean, he just yeah. had hip surgery. He just said, yeah, guy, yeah. And so that's another red flag. Big time, big time. And I wonder if Boston, you know, would retain any of that salary. Um, that's the other question I wonder about. Like, and and I've because I've heard they might, and it's just, it would be a strange move in some ways to retain salary for a guy like David. I mean, Krejci, if their boss is going to be successful, I think he still has to be part of that right now. And, and I, I think don't think they have a choice. Like I think, yeah, I think these rumors are coming out of Boston because of their desperation to yeah. get other defensemen that they're not able to land, and unfortunately, they don't have a lot of pieces left. You know, they should have thought about that when they traded Dougie Hamilton. They they, they had pieces there. And they've shifted things around since they've won a championship, and it hasn't really worked out for them. Right. You know, let's go revisionist history here. If they keep Tyler Sagan, they probably don't extend David Krejci, and your number one and two is Sagan Bergeron. Now, with Krejci being hurt sometimes, Bergeron is forced into a first-line role, which I think he's less effective as than being a second-line center where he can kick in offense and be uh, a, a shutdown guy as well. So uh, that move, that move that uh, that Peter Shirelli made trading Tyler Sagan to Dallas, I think is going to have disastrous effects for the Bruins for years to come. Yeah. yeah, I think I think ownership forced them to make that move. I really do. But the other thing is, I think Krejci got those numbers and got that contract off of what he did in the playoffs against Philadelphia. He yeah. just kills Philadelphia, and I think. That was when he looked his absolute best. I haven't seen him look that good since. Have you, Eck? No, I agree. I agree. I mean, he's still against Philadelphia. Even even last year, he's still played well against Philadelphia. He does have a – you're right. He has something on the Flyers. But that playoff in general, he was very good. So I think that – I mean, I think that a lot of it has to do with that to me. Um, you know, But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't dis- – it's hard to disagree there. Um, it's – I think that – it's almost like they ha- it's almost like this is a trade that could happen later in the season when Krejci's going well and everybody sort of like says okay he's healthy now and and 
you know, but it's but these kind of trades usually have to happen now if they're going to happen at all. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing that many deals that have happened in the past year have proved is that anybody can be traded. I mean, Lee fans thought that Dion Phaneuf, his contract was not tradable, and it was. They had to take a lot of bad money back, but they 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 made the deal work. So it's it's possible that Krejci could get traded, but the injury history, the length of the deal, and the amount are just big hills that Don Sweeney would have to climb to, to get that contract moved. No, I'm 100% with you. Uh, the best thing Boston has going for them, it's an easy division. That's really the best thing they have That's going true. for them. Yes. It is an easy division. I'm coming in the top three. One of the teams in that top three you know, is probably not going to be the greatest team in the world. And, and you know, it depends. I guess it depends on where Florida is heading. I mean, if Florida, to me, could be, you know, I mean, you definitely have only a couple more years of it being an easy division, it feels like. Yes. You know, Buffalo is coming. Toronto is coming. Yeah. Montreal is so unpredictable. I mean, Montreal could 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 be right back if Price comes in and, and they yeah, get they some. Could win the division, nobody would blink an eye. They could run away with it. You know, they have they have the ability to do that. It depends on how everything plays out. But um, before we get into some of the uh, arbitration people I want to discuss today, I wanted to also get into um, Russia had interesting interesting thoughts on Cole Bardreau. Yeah. What are yeah. your thoughts there? Explain who Cole Bardreau is because a lot of people don't. I will. I will. Um, first off, Ron Hextel was on Breakfast on Broad, and so. There was an interview, and he name-dropped him, and and that caused a little stir, and, and Sarah Baker and John Sakella, a guy who I know, were talking about it on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, Cole Bardreau, I, I interviewed him last year at last year's camp mm-hmm. when he came in, and he was a guy that was slated to be at, at the 2013 draft. He didn't get drafted, though, because he, he basically had a C7 um, injury in his vertebrae, and so... You know, he didn't blame anybody for not drafting him after that, and he's had to work his way back. The Flyers signed him last year, smart signing. He got him 13 goals in Lehigh. It was his first season back. I put the article back up because he had a game number that he wanted to reach. I don't know what it was, 72 or something, and I think he got really close, if not reaching that. And so this year I think the expectations have increased for him, and he's a guy that can play center or wing. He's very strong. He's not the biggest guy. But he's really strong, really good face-off guy. He was a hard player, hard-nosed player in the ECAC. He actually went to World Junior Camp with Shane Gostaspear. I remember interviewing both of them in, in, in that camp. And, and so they're really familiar with each other. And so he's a guy to watch because he's a guy where in one of those bottom six roles, he yeah. could always walk away with one of those. And he's had a chance to sort of bring his game back up to where it used to be. And so we'll watch out for him. Another interesting guy, I, I just posted something a little while ago, is Mike Vecchione. He was a freshman, and he was also a teammate on Union when when Union right. won, and we all watched him win here in Philly when they won the championship. And so he's undrafted, and he's getting an invite. That's the thing I like about camp. I don't know if you remember J.T. Smith was in Flyers camp. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's, you know, it's really fun to fun. see these guys. Yeah, it's like a real shot for these guys. It's it's a, yep. it's always a good story, and and every once in a while somebody comes through this, yes, you know that really surprises you. I mean, and Bellamar was that to a degree, you know. I yep. mean, when he came through, and he really, now he's a he's turned into quite a player. I mean, um, and and I, I think that the, the there are a couple of roles on the Flyers definitely up for grabs in those tops in those bottom six roles. I think I think those bottom. I mean, six look, last year the Flyers literally. I don't remember any kind of announcement. I don't remember anything. All of a sudden, I remember looking up, and there was a guy named Myers, and there was a locker, and it was Philip Myers, who was a basically a free agent defenseman in yeah. junior ranks, very talented offensive guy, big guy, a little bit of a project a couple of years ago, and now 
this year in, in the uh, Memorial Cup playoffs was a star. Like he was just he was fantastic, and he came in with no fanfare. Right. Uh, they were calling him Phil instead of Philippe. It almost seemed like they just wanted to sort of slide <laughs> him in there and not have any of us notice. And I remember I noticed like the second day of camp, like wait a minute. This name sounds familiar. Who you know? And then you know. So it was interesting how they sort of did that. That's the funniest thing about these rookie camps for me. Yeah. I mean, for you, it's, it's got to be even crazier because you yeah. really track all these guys. But for I mean, me, I try. you can't track them all. You can't. Yeah, no, for me, I track. I mean, I track them through you basically, or I track them, you know, through others that I listen to. But I don't really know these prospects except for the biggies. But then you, then suddenly, you know, we'll be talking and uh, and and you know, that guy, and, and it'll just click on. Wait a second, he was yeah. the guy at the you know at the World Junior, t- and yeah. it just it all kind of goes together. Yes. That's what's fun about these rookie camps in general. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think Vandevelde is a guy you know in Philly that peop that that is on the edge right now, and he he's a, he is of course a North Dakota kid, so that's like a big thing that we all yeah. talk about. Like he is coming in, you know, with Hackstall system, and but you know whether or not he goes any further than that, I don't know. I mean, I and I wrote today again that I still feel T.J. Brendan is is a great is a great pickup, and I don't think that people. I like the pickup. I mean, there's nothing not to like. I mean. I mean, the assumption is yeah. he's an AHL player, which makes the fans better, and that's all, all well and, and well and good. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, but and and he it can be he can be just that and be a success, yeah. and that's what's kind of great about TJ Brennan. But at the same time, you know, as we know with rookies developing longer, Brennan has had an interesting route there, yeah. you know. And yeah. I'm curious. And but I, and, and and I you know I like TJ Brennan. You've, you've covered him a lot. You've we've yeah. seen a lot of games. I, I like him a lot. He's a really good guy and a really good player, but. He's had three cracks at the NHL. Um, he had two opportunities with Toronto the last couple of years at the end of the season when they were playing off the string just to yeah. make an impression, and he he really didn't. He did when he came into Philly. <laughs> I, think, I think in Philly what you're looking at is because, like last year when they had a rash of injuries, right. they had trouble calling up guys because they could. the only guy they could call up had right. a $5 million salary, and they couldn't call him up, right? Right. And in that instance, yes, he can be a, a stopgap guy making $625,000, and you probably can move him back freely between the AHL and the NHL because when you're sending him down the one-way contract, the team doesn't want to claim that guy. So yeah. that, that, that makes sense. But if you're depending on him to be you know, like your number six, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. If you're looking for him to be called up instead of you know Hag. Or um, or uh, Moran or whoever else is at Lehigh Valley, then I think he can help you out if there's injuries in the short term. But as a as a permanent number six or number seven, I don't know. You know, the crazy thing about yeah. last year is if you'd have told me that Andrew McDonald would have ended up in the playoffs playing for the Flyers and playing the power play, playing I might have gone like this with my head, like, really? Are you serious? Yeah, he played an important role for the Flyers last year. And it happened, even though he was demoted. So you just never know sometimes with defensemen. You just don't. You know, you know and you, all you know is that you need a ton of them. I mean, I yeah. think that's that's the, that's what you know. You need a ton of defensemen to get through the NHL, especially in the playoffs. The playoffs just the playoffs eat defensemen alive. Like you cannot look, get through. Want to look between the lines on this? Looking between the lines on this basically tells you that the Flyers don't really think Hogg is a guy that will get called up at all this year, and Sam Morin, same thing. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't add a guy like Brennan. Like, But you know what? They looked at their core, and they probably said, you know, who's the next guy that could really get called up if he has to play six or eight games in a row? Right. And right. that's why I think and they made this signing. But the benefit the benefit there is that even if you don't, I mean, he is, 
you know, the AHL version of the Norris Trophy winner, yes. he will help Lehigh Valley. He will elevate that team by yeah. his play. Right, and that'll make the. I mean, that that Lehigh Valley team needs skill. I mean, they really they do. do. And they've got a lot of grinders, but they do. They can use some skilled players like this. Um, a couple, if you're going down to the Flyers camp, you know, and couple, there's going to be some fun, fun things to probably see the next couple of days too. Um, uh, what are the big, what are the big names that are coming into town? Rest for this. Well, I mean, Progroff's coming in, Connecting's right. coming in. Yeah. Uh, I gave you some of the lesser names. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think Myers is also still on that list. I had to look over the list. Again, today, I mean, they have a ton of goalies. Carter Hart, I mean, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Carter Hart. Sandstrom's on that list. Tomek is on that list. They have a load of goalies, and so I'm excited about the goalies. And let me see. I'll get you the rest of the list. Sandheim's tra- Travis Sandheim is, ca- is Travis Sandheim coming to town? Or he's gonna be yeah, Sandheim's town. coming to town. And Cause I, is it safe to say that, I mean, in my opinion at least, I mean, I don't know. It's so hard to tell where the Flyers I, I can be honest and say that, you know, of all my years covering the Flyers, I, I have the least amount of input into what they're going to do now than I've ever had. I mean, I, there's other teams I've, I have much more connection with now. Mm-hmm. But but they, you know, it seems like Provorov is the best bet to make it of those guys, Sanheim the second. He is. and But, you know, again, I'm going to go and head everybody off on the pass when they say, well, because we're going to hear it. We're going to hear it for the next three or four days. Well, Provorov has nothing left to prove at, at the CHL level, and my answer would be, Brandon didn't win the Memorial Cup. If they did, then I might agree with you, but he didn't. Yeah, so but that's not his fault. Russ? No, it's not, no, it's not about being his fault. It's about, hey, go they back. the best see. team ever, probably, in the Memorial Cup, like that team. But it, whatever, I mean, you know, right? you didn't win. But, but Russ, even, the thing is, even if a, if a player does win the Memorial Cup, that doesn't guarantee them making making the NHL yeah. because you know you know we've talked about this a few times. But Mitch Marner is 163 pounds, and he's trying to get up to 170 pounds before the beginning of training camp. Not to say that he can't make the NHL at 165 pounds, but what they're worried about is him being not just protected, but being able to withstand the wear and tear of the NHL. So, I mean, that's a, that's definitely going to be a consideration. For Profaroff, I think it's, you know, it's tough for defensemen making it at 19 years old. But he is. Here's some other names. I mean, Nicholas Cabell we've been watching. This will be like his third camp. I think the height factor is hurting him. Uh, yeah. he, he's getting stronger, but and he is fast, but I think that's sort of hurting him trying to make the NHL. So we'll see. We'll see what he looks like. Um, I liked a little bit last year Samuel Doug McFalls. He was a bigger guy at six two. Mm-hmm. He he showed me a little something. He could sort of be like a Vandevelde replacement down the road. Uh, I liked Connor Bunneman, the guy they drafted. He'll be in there. Uh, Pascal LeBarge, of course. I really love him. I mean, we talked about him earlier in the year. Yeah. And now he's a flyer. Uh, I talked about Becky Owen on defense. Yeah, we we're talking about Sandheim, Provorov, Merman. You know, I want to see if Morin can play both sides. He couldn't the first two camps. He when he when you had a crisscross on the ice, he had a problem. And so we'll yeah. see if he's improved on that because that's you know that's something that happens in the NHL. So Reese Wilcox is also a guy that's sort of not talked about enough because now his college career is done, and he could be another guy that could literally step into the NHL sooner than you expect. He's a bigger guy. He played with Cornell. I really liked him. I watched him all his yeah. all his years, and um. Alex Lyon, the uh, free agent goalie, will be fun to watch. He was a great college goalie. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Good stuff. Um, and uh, also, I guess, is there any fear on bringing some of these guys in 
to uh, to losing them to Vegas? You know, like that's the other question I had. Like as far as how that works, well, um, I don't quite know how that works. Well, Profarov is is exempt because he's, right. you know, so anybody who was drafted in the twenty fifteen draft going forward is exempt. Anybody in twenty fourteen who didn't sign a pro contract was a European type of player. Um, they wouldn't be they would be exempt too unless they came over to the American Hockey or the so NHL. You could lose Sam Moran. You could lose him. I mean, that's a possibility because of his time. You could lose a Robert Hogg. I mean, Sam Moran is a guy that they could possibly lose, but at the, you know, I would just say it like this. I like the guy. I don't think he's going to be a star at the NHL. I think he'll play in the NHL. But at the end of the day, if you lose him and you get to keep Sandheim and Provorov and, and the other defensemen that they have, I, I think you're, you know, Gossa Spear, you're still ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. Yeah. All right, let's go into some of the arbitration guys. Um, yeah. And I'm going to talk more about them tomorrow as well. And we won't go through the whole list here because there's quite a few interesting players. And, um, and then we'll also get into Finland tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll also be doing a little podcast for the Patreon people as well. We'll talk about that too. Okay. I guess we'll probably do it right after the show tomorrow. I'm guessing would be the best thing to do. That sounds good. That works for you guys. Yep. Um, so yeah. The, so anyway, again, if you want to help support the show, we really appreciate it. It's on Patreon.com/hockey, uh, and you go there and you can become just you can like put five cents a show in, which is like a dollar. We do twenty shows a month, so that's a dollar a month, five dollars a month. Um, we'll get you in, into that like access for that what we're going to call the Hockey Buzzcast, you know, off the record show, which we'll do the first of tomorrow, which will go out to only Patreon people. Um, who are subscribers at $5 a month. And uh, more and more of you guys are subscribing. We really appreciate it. Tomorrow we're going to go through uh, some of the names of people who have subscribed to as well and kind of give you know props because we really it means a lot to us. So just go there. Um, you can see you can, you know, 5 bucks a month would, would be wonderful. $10 a month or some of you are doing that too, which is awesome. Just, we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, so patreon.com forward slash hockey. And it's always fun. I get a little, when I get a text message that somebody joined, uh, it make, means a lot to us yep, to, keep, to, keep, to keep the show going. Um, all right, so let's talk about arbitration as well because this is going to be, um, there are more players, and every year we see arbitration, comes, this arbitration list comes out, and every year these players, almost all of them get signed by the time right. we get to arbitration. It's very weird that, uh, you know, I think that that's kind of kind of kind of crazy, but um, let's go through some of the guys. So some of them um, starting with Arizona, Michael Stone. Not really. Uh, um, I don't think that's. A, I don't think he's a big issue. I think that'll get done. If, if any of these players I mentioned, though, the interesting thing is who, who will walk away from some of these guys. I think some of these guys teams will walk away from arbitration. We're hearing. I think there's maybe one or two walkaways in the whole group. Yeah. Okay. Michael Stone is not one of them in your mind. Mark Stone. No. no Michael Stone in uh, oh, Michael Stone, Arizona. Sorry, the other one. Yeah. Yeah, Arizona. Colorado brings us to our first first biggie, um, which is Tyson Barry, um, who is you know obviously an RFA. He's been in the news a lot lately because he's been rumored to be moved. Um, he is the pr pretty much the quintessential Pittsburgh Penguin-esque defenseman. He um, and you know it's, they've been from all and they came out and said no, he's not going to get traded. He's his last salary was three point two million. He's going to arbitration. He could probably get in the five million dollar range. Yeah, but it's on a one-year deal, and that's that. That is what Colorado. I mean, Colorado yeah. just doesn't want to sign him to the long-term deal. If they get him for one year, even if it's for five million, they're going to be happy because they yeah. can push the decision down the road. And the value of defense, yeah. as you've seen, and as we've seen this in the last month, is going up and up and up. So, they get him signed for a one-year deal. He has another good year. You could see him traded next summer, and they get more. 
Yeah, Barry's yeah. one of the few that I think will actually go to arbitration based on the fact that they've done all this negotiating yeah. in the press, out of the press, and it yeah. hasn't worked out. And this is this is the same team that brought you Ryan O'Reilly, you know, and they have a yeah. tendency to, you know, to do this. Yeah. Um, there are people who I've talked to who think he could end up with a two-year bridge deal in there somehow um, instead of hitting arbitration, but... Um, I don't think he wants that. That's the I don't thing. think he wants that either. It's the question, you know, whether... And I don't know if that would bring him up to free agency or not. I think it might. Um, but if not, the comparables for him are, um, you know, people say Krug, you know, which just was signed at 5.25. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, that's fair. Vatanen at 4.875. Somewhere in there. So five five is probably about right. Five year, five over four years would might be my guess. But we'll see how that plays out. Then, uh, oops, I just lost my notes. Here we go. Then the next thing we have here, moving along to... Um, the Buffalo Sabres would be um, Mr. Um, Grigorenko, right? Who's no, no, uh, Zemgus Gergensen's. Oh, I'm sorry, Grigorenko is still with the Avalanche. I'm lazy. I'm, I'm just an idiot. There we go. Yeah, we'll go to Gergensen in a second. So Grigorenko, ah, apologize. Grigorenko um, is. I, uh, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem for for Colorado. I think no, it shouldn't be. They should get that done. He only made 6.75 last year. Yeah. Um, the Red Wings. Um, Jared Carreau. They just signed him. They just signed him today. Yeah. Yep, that's the first one that's actually, this is, I think, the first one that's gotten done, right? Danny DeKaiser is the bigger one there. Um, yeah, and that... I he'll mean, get a bridge deal. Yes, probably. Yeah. They're trying to work it out from what I was told. Um, he'll be, if he goes there, he'll get one year deal. Um, 2.25 was what he made before. No, what I think, think he'll get two years. I think he'll get two years. He'll probably get somewhere around... Five and a half million, six million, something like that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, so um, uh, then the Minnesota Wild, Jordan Schroeder. Not much there. Um, he did well for them, so I think. Yeah. I think they'd be smart to at least give him the one-year deal and not let it go to arbitration, because that's one where they're close to the cap team and they could get stung a little on that arbitration because he had a good year. I don't remember how many goals he had. Let me look it up. Yeah, well, I, we, I think, we, I'm not sure, I thought uh, Gergensen's and Marcus Foligno were uh, were going to arbitration with Buffalo, and I know that there was talk about Gergensen's yeah. um, around the draft him being possibly traded because he really did not gel well with the Dan Bilesma system. You know, he had good years under Ted Nolan, and then last year took a step back, and you know, I think he's a talented player, and I like him, but I'm not sure. You know, it, it may be something where he stays around a little while longer, and then they find a, a trade for him. But Schroeder, right. Schroeder had only four points in the regular season in 26 games, and then he had a goal in the playoffs in two games. I don't know what he made, but he'll probably double his salary. Yeah, I think that's safe. Uh, another biggie is the Devils um, with Kyle Palmieri. Um, yeah, that one they have to make. They have to sign that one. They'll get killed in arbitration on that one. I yeah. know, and his contract was only 1.6 million last year. Yeah, he should be he he should be making four to five million after the year that he had. Yep, the Rangers have four. Um, yeah, Kevin Hayes. Um, There's Dylan, a walkaway right there. Now that to me is the walkaway one. Yes, that could be a walkaway. Chris Kreider, of course, is a biggie. I, 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 honestly, Russ, I'm shocked that it's going to arbitration and not they're not trying to get him locked. It won't go to arbitration. If you looked at the, the record of Glenn Sater, yeah. and even though Glenn Sater is not the guy anymore and it's Jeff Gordon, organizationally, yeah. the Rangers have had, like, one guy go to arbitration in, like, 
10, 15 years. Like yeah, they are, they are notorious for the last-second deal. They really but if I make the last-second deal with Chris Kreider, I'm not even worried about it. And I think they might also with Dylan McElrath, although that's another one that's... Um, that one's on the edge. I think they'll make a deal, and I think he'll want to make a deal because he likes it there. I think the question is, he's probably looking for a guaranteed spot, and they may not have it for him. Do you remember the last player to go? I had this note. The last player to go to... Um, I saw it yesterday, and, you know, it, it escapes me, so go ahead. It would be Zerdov. That's right, Nikolai Zerdov. Nikolai Zerdov in 09. So it's been six years, you know, seven years now. Since By the way, Nikolai Zerdov will always have a special place in my heart because when he got cut from the Flyers during camp, he had a limo pick him up and leave training camp. He left training camp in a limousine, and that was the greatest way to leave an, an NHL club in the history of the NHL, I think. And you've been cut from a practice facility to yes. have a limousine pick you up. That's yes. awesome. It that's, was awesome. That's classy. JT Miller's the other guy. JT and, Miller will get signed before everything breaks. He'll, right. he'll, get, a, he'll get a significant raise. The, um, the Ottawa Senators have a biggie in Mike Hoffman. Yeah. We talked, I, in my blog I mentioned today as well, I've heard his name thrown around in trade rumors a little yeah. bit lately too. And, and Russ pointed this out before. They brought in the guy who coached him in junior. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not getting rid of him. It would make no sense for them to trade the guy after they bring in a, the co a coach who... No, and I, but I think they're negotiating. I think they might be negotiating oh, yeah. a little bit. With well, it. We, we know that the Ottawa Senators are notoriously cheap. They've been that way yeah. since Eugene Melnick bought that team. So it's no shock that they're going to probably go to the 11th hour and try, try to get as little, pay him as little money as possible. Yeah, no. If not, they, then they really, they really have have to worry about their team. Unfortunately, if you're an NHL fan and you're looking at the ticker for these players, it's like sort of like being at night court. It's as boring as that. Yes. No, I completely agree with that. Can't, couldn't agree more. Um, all right, let me see. Oh, my other list. After sorry. Ottawa. Yes, I'm sorry. I got my my. Uh, I just lost my list again. My. Notes as my daughter texted me and messed me up. One second here. All right, so my here is my next one. Oh, of course, it brings us to after Ottawa. It brings us to the Flyers. Um, Brandon Manning. There could be a walk away. My prediction. No, there won't be a walk away with you don't that. Think so. I, nope. I think you you can't have enough defensemen. He made the team for most of last year. I think they will give him a one year deal. I think it'll happen right at the eleventh hour. If I was him, I would sign it soon. It may not be up to him. I mean, but Ron Hexler was very cool about it today. He basically was yeah. like, look, this is like a you know a negotiating yeah, thing. Yeah. Where it basically gives a deadline to both sides. He doesn't even, like, talk about it like it's anything of a worry about any of these players, Braden Shen included. Yeah, Braden Shen, the other one, 2.75. Um, Hextall saying the other day, we're going to get started on that pretty quickly here. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> We should get started on that. We should, we should get started on that. It's like what you say to your wife when you when you got to weed the yard. You know, yes. yeah, I'm going to get started on that pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, he undersells everything, Ron Hextall. He does. He does. Um, and you know, the Flyers have money to spend, um, yeah. so they they have a you know what I've heard you know somewhere around the twelve million dollar range, right? But they have they're planning on I think they're planning on five or six for for. Um, for Braden Shen, and then I think they're going to end up, you know, wow. I, that's what I'm that hearing. Much? Yeah. I think you could go anywhere from 4.75 to like, you know, five and a half. Yeah, somewhere in there, I'd say. Um, and, uh, you know, and then uh, and then they've got a couple other players like Manning and Jordan Wheels, the other one who. They, now that could be a walkaway. That could be a walkaway. Although I really wish they would give the kid a shot. Me you too. Know? 
Like he, he's the guy. Remember they they brought over for Luke Shen and Vinny LeCavier, yep. um, which was really just a you know a salary dump for sure. But he has wheels. Jordan Wheel has wheels. He can fly. So <laughs> he does. He can he can he can skate. Uh, so puns too. Yeah. So the Flyers, you know, and the Flyers want to keep some money around for the for the trade deadline, which is so they're they're sort of back into the into the game, so to speak, after last year not being not being there for quite a few years. They've been, they've been a long time since the Flyers could talk about keeping money around for the cap at trade deadline. Um, uh, finally, before we get before we get out of here today, um, and, well, and can I just mention the Toronto ones because there are three Toronto. Yeah, I was going to do them tomorrow. I was going to hold off on them. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, and but I was going to just mention and and a couple and we're going to get into. I wanted to get into Finland too. Russ brought up Finland, and I think that's a really interesting topic for tomorrow as well. We'll talk about that a little tomorrow. Um, but I wanted to talk about Jaden Schwartz, um, who is. Uh, might be the best player on this list, um, in some, in in my opinion. I'm I'm a big Jaden Schwartz fan. Like, just I think that I think that kid is 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 the real deal and vitally important to St. Louis, especially given what's happened um, with losing Bacchus and everything. They really need to make Jaden Schwartz happy. Um, he, I think they're they think they're gonna they're trying. They're still gonna optimistic from what I've heard that they're gonna get a deal done long term. But I think it'll know, happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. He is, you know, Tarasenko's line mate. He is, he is a big deal. He really, he um, and he's got just tons of talent and speed. That's yeah, well, it's, right. But it's a question of like, okay, now you're paying Tarasenko close to eight million dollars. Right. What do you pay Schwartz? I think probably you pay Schwartz at least over five, probably closer to six. Right. You'll right. probably get just below Stastny's pay grade. That's what'll happen. Yeah, Stastny's seven. Right. I think he, I think he's gonna get just below what Alex Steen is getting, which is like five point eight. Mm, so yeah. At least that's what they'll want to get him for. That's what they'll want to, but I think he'll end up making more than Steen. I right, think. and that's the, and that's the whole thing here. This is like I'm not saying that it's, it's as acrimonious. You're piecing the puzzle together. Yeah, it's 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 not as acrimonious as Colorado's was, where where they're bound and determined to keep Ryan O'Reilly underneath Matt Duchesne. But right. there's in St. Louis's salary structure, they probably want to keep Jaden Schwartz. At this, at on par or maybe a little below Alex Steen, and if they have to go above it, then you know, then you're. I mean, Alex Steen is probably your next team captain there, either him or Peter Angelo. So you right. not do not want to pay Jaden Schwartz more than your eventual captain. Right. Yeah. 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 I do agree with that. Um, let's get into the vodka thing real fast before we leave today. Um, we did talk about this, and. Uh, so what exactly is happening here? Because I'm a little confused on this one. It's, it's a very confusing thing. Maybe Mike has the, the good skinny on it, but there's some 35% rule that is is allowed to, I don't know, is, is in contracts where I guess this is where you see these contracts where it's like right. $6 million for this year, $6 million for that year, $4 million for, and and I guess when they sent that contract into the NHL, the NHL denied it, and instead – it came out like through the wash, a nice clean like four years, four million per. And why aren't all deals like that? Like it just it just right. makes sense. Is that I mean, allowed? Is the NHL allowed to do that? I mean, that's just, can they just take the deal and redo it? I mean, that's kind of strange. Well, all I know is that it, right now, right now, according to Cap Central, the structure of this deal is it's four million AAV for four years, five million the first two years, three million the last two years. So it's front loaded, but not ridiculously so. But if they had exceeded the, this this thirty five percent rule, then that means that they were probably putting the first year around six million and the last year at around two or something like that. But I didn't see that. It only came out like like you said in the wash 
as a as a four for four with five million with the first two years. General Foundry did a good job with it, and that's where I saw it. So I have to give him credit. And but the interesting thing about it is it does show you where these sharks are at. Right. And and that that's the thing they really want to win this year, and so they yeah. really went to the. <laughs> Went to the absolute limitation of like trying to get this contract in, and it's yet yeah, the thirty-five percent bearability rule. That's How does something like this happen? I mean, these guys like to, to me, it's like, and then and and then when it happens, I mean, there's a couple things that are strange to me. Like the the, the deal is, you know, I was reading up on this too. You know that if it's a five, if his original deal is worth five million, right, the first year of his deal, his his contract can't drop more than one point seven five million throughout the life of the contract. Right. But but it 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 drops two. It drops two, which is forty percent as opposed to thirty-five percent. Right. Is this just someone not doing math correctly? I mean, is that what this comes down to? Is no, someone this just is like, hey, let's try and slip this in because we're looking at how our, you know, salary structure is, and it's getting tight. Things are getting tight for the sharks. Yeah, but the funny thing is, you would think they would have done it the other way because in two years, Marlowe and Thornton's contract drop off. You yeah, but they must have other plans. That that's why they wanted to work it in this way. That's my guess. Yeah. There you are. This, this is a sign of going for it, which the Sharks should do because yeah. they were in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, like, what's Logan Couture's next contract? What's you know? That's probably what they're looking at. Yeah. And they probably have a plan for that already. Yeah. Yeah, Couture, Couture is up in is up in three years. So is Pavelski. Okay. So which that's what big, they're looking at is to yeah. extend those guys. And right. Thornton Marlowe are up after this year. Right. And that'll be an interesting thing to see what happens with them too. So. Uh, you know whether they'll. You know I have a hard time believing that Marla will will, will sign beyond this year. And and one more, Brent Burns is a UFA after this year. Yeah, and that's a biggie. The funny thing about the Sharks is if we were in the uncapped world, they probably would have won the cup already. But yeah, because they have assembled a really nice group of players and and they really they have everything you'd want. It's a great but, point. You know the way the cap is, you just they can't keep them all, and and that's the problem. Yeah, they've had to move. I mean, really, we did see firsthand evidence this year of how the cap creates parity. Like that, we just yeah. saw it completely. Like, you know, take the teams, take some of the best players off of Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh wins it all, but okay, we're going to take a couple of the players off there. Yeah, the, they're not the great players, but they're the important player. They're still important players to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, and, and this is this is a subject that maybe we should talk about on a future show during the summer is. Now, if you look at the sort of dichotomy between the NBA and the NHL, you have the dynasty teams in the NBA. So next year, more than likely, the NBA final will be, again, Cleveland and Golden State, especially now that Durant goes to Golden State and LeBron staying in Cleveland. You know, it's more than likely you're going to have those teams. But next year, there's no guarantee that either San Jose or Pittsburgh are going to be in the final. You know, you could, it could be Chicago's time again. It could be, you know, whoever. The one good thing, I'll tell you the one great thing about the NHL. They haven't created that exemption that exists in the NBA where some great player who's at the end of a deal, like let's say Joe Thornton next year says, boy, I really want to win the cup. Who looks like the best cup team? Let me look in the newspaper. Okay, I'm going to join that team for the least amount of money. Players don't do that in the NHL, and it's a good thing that they don't because that's what's happening now in the NBA. Like, Ray Allen was retired. Now he wants to come back and play for the Warriors because, hey, I can win a championship there. Why not? I didn't, you know, and it's just, 
it gets well, it's, like, it's just the nature of the sports, isn't it? I mean, the fact that you've got six players on the basketball court and they basically run the whole thing and I had six yeah. guys coming off the bench, but most of them are insignificant. I mean, you know, that's just, you know that you can win us. You, you know yeah. you have the best team, and it's, it's pretty clear. Hockey is so much more complicated than that. But I think there is a place. I think there is a place in the NHL for a Larry Bird exemption for a guy that you want to keep. No, up. I think that's terrible. I don't want it. No, uh, okay. I mean, I think a lot of fans would disagree because then well, you. Of course, you fans would disagree. I mean, <laughs> Penguins fans would want that. Like the team. Fans don't yeah. care about the fiscal sanity of the NHL. They care about their t- keeping their players. That's all they care about. I mean, I you know mine. My mine has always been at the. Ask dra- the NHLPA if they would like that idea. You probably would because no, I don't think they would. No, because it would end. Up, it depends on how it plays out, but it would end up opening up cap space, right? Because anything that opens up cap space, they would like. I'm not sure how it works, but I think that there is like if there is a player who's re-signed, who is a player who existing the, the, the quote Larry Bird exemption. There is a discount on the cap. You know, the, 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 let's say you sign somebody for ten bucks or ten million bucks. Um, then the cap hit would only be six or five. It would be a percentage of that because it's a discount for their own player. Well, you know, and then you know what this is. This is the NBA. This is the NBA basically admitting to it that it's such a completely star-driven league, and it has to keep its stars oh, yeah. in place. So that because those stars are the marketing of the teams, that the, the way these teams are marketed are based based on their stars that they have. We so. haven't seen this happen in the NHL yet, where two or three guys get together and they had drinks over the summer and decide, hey, when's your contract up? When's your contract up? Like if Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, and somebody else did yeah. that, and they all decided when their contract was up and they should all join the same team that year. Like we haven't seen that yet. I guess the closest was um, Solani and uh, Korea. Korea, right, when they went to Colorado. They took yeah. that one year. Well, no, you, could, you could also say Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. They both signed in Minnesota. It was sort of... But that was multi-years, and, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I think... I, and I do think that they were in cahoots the whole time. Um, I do really think that, but... The the one year deal is more like more like kind of what yeah. we're talking about, like the right. actual like okay, we're gonna go in there and try to win because that, that that was Korea and Solani's attempt to win yes. the Stanley Cup. You know they were going yeah. in there to win a cup that year, and um, you know Difficult. Solani ended up winning it after that, right back in Anaheim. So it's pretty funny how it works out. Uh, it's all the time we have for today, guys. But we appreciate everybody again. Thanks for going to Patreon.com/slash/hockey and supporting the show. And we'll be back again tomorrow. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We'll talk to you then.